spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back in the house on Sunday afternoon and I'm knackered. Usually Sunday's my day for rest, but we've had issues with Amanda's laptop this morning because I was up to half past one this morning doing my own video editing. And she wakes me up after seven laptops collapse, so I've had about three hours sleep, so I'm dead on my feet. But always got energy, particularly when we've got a lovely poet of us today. Now, this poet I've been talking to for a couple of months now, and I've got a feeling when I started talking to Jane, it was over Jane's poetry night, which I'll come on to later on, but we've got the wonderful Jay Rosanna with us today. Now, Jay, I'm going to read that look of her bio just so she so can see how much research I've done already. <laughs> Jay Rosanna is a poet, writer, storyteller and performance artist, born and raised in the black country Midlands. And we'll start from there. So, OK, Jay, for people who don't know you, and I, I, don't, I, I always say if they don't know, I'm disappointed in them. So tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, and what's the answer to your creativity? Hello, Andy. Hello, listeners. Nice to see you. Um, as Andy said, my name is Jay Rosanna. So I write poetry, also do um, spoken word performance poetry and a few other things. Um, I mostly started writing poetry when I started my gender transition. 
uh, ah. which was before lockdown. Ah. Uh, yeah. So that was uh, through a series of workshops in Worcester. So I'm a Worcester-based poet now. Mm. Uh, although I do get out and about to various different places there, Andy. So that's a short brief on me. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, before you went into the gender, gender transition, had you done any much writing before that then, had you really? Or did they, yeah. did this then lead into the writing really from there, did it? Yeah. So in the in the distant past, I used to be a tech blogger. And I also, oh, yeah. used, I also used to develop mobile apps. I had a business for five years running mobile app, uh, designing and um, developing mobile apps for education. Ah, right, yeah. Now, I'm always a believer, obviously, because like, your past is your past anyway, but when you're doing something creative, it or yeah. it makes me doing something else, you know, doing a second thing to creatively, it makes it easier in some ways. Yeah, Did you find I, that when you first started doing the, going to the workshops that led to your poetry? I, I almost didn't go to the workshops because... Oh, uh, oh, no, I, so I went to... I saw, a, I saw a... I was living in Worcester at the time and I saw a thing for a poetry workshop. I contacted them... And it was right at the beginning, more or less, of lockdown. So, you know, we were all looking around for something to do, weren't we, just to take, try and take yeah, our minds yeah. off the, what, you know, the apocalypse that was about to bear its weight upon us. And um, I was I was also going to start developing mobile apps again because I thought yeah. I, I, I'd stopped doing it for a few years and I thought I'll do that. So I didn't go to the first workshop. And, um, and then... Um, the person contacted me. It was Holly Winter Hughes in um, Worcester who was running the, the um, mm. workshops. And she went, there's a few of you who expressed an interest in coming along to the poetry workshop and you didn't come. Do you do you fancy coming in? Do you fancy coming along? So I went along to the second one. And to be honest, I, I didn't do poetry. I was one of those people mm. who said, I don't do poetry. And um, and we started writing some, some things and uh, I just started writing and it, as soon as they gave me a writing prompt, I just couldn't stop. So there you oh, go. Wow. Now I do oh, do poetry. Wow. <laughs> wow, now you do do poetry, definitely. Yeah, it's um. My case was I started out was very very young, so I'm fifty now, and in fact when I was ten, so I've always been there part of my life. But I've heard I've heard a lot of cases of people like yourself round about the lockdown period where it seemed like it's opened up a trigger in your brain, really, didn't it? And now you can't mm -hmm. stop almost. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd written a few pieces in the past and I'd written a, a bit, but nothing like I had now. And I was so close to um, going back to mobile app development because I used to like designing the graphics and doing the storytelling and doing all that sort of thing. And um, so I found the, I just found it very easy to, to move sideways um, and do the poetry. But if I sit and try and write poetry in front of a blank word processor, I just can't do it. So I often need like um, a writing prompt or I need to be motivated by something in order to do the poetry. Yeah, yeah. no, it's a good, it's a good point. That kind of like it's, I've run and been to a lot of workshops over the years. And it's, it's a great way. It's a great way. Like it opens a trigger up in your brain. And the other one I tend to be a lot is because I, I can't drive because of my eyesight. I go and put used to certain jobs I used to work at. I used to go and put buses all the time. And like I've been sat on the bus watching people. And before you know it, you're scribbling ideas down. It's like a prompt, isn't it, really? So, yeah, okay. I get you completely. That's fantastic. Now, obviously, we're here today to talk about your debut book, really, Whispers in the Wind. Mm. Now, I know this book's been a you, you said it yourself elsewhere. I've seen it. It's a lifetime in the making, really, wasn't it? So... When did you decide you needed to bring a book out? Um, so bringing the book out was this year, and it, it wasn't me that, that came up with the idea to to bring the book out. I, there was a few people around Worcester who have been sort of really strong advocates um, for bringing the book out. So I'd say there's 
probably three people plus one who who are probably responsible. One of them was for convincing me to bring the book out because I'd, I'd had this collection of writings mm. about um, about my life, about things that had happened in my life that led up to what happened in 2019, um, 2020. And, um, and then there was a person who said, you know, that they'll, they'll help me get it out. And then somebody else helped design the cover. And so they come together and then suddenly there's a book. And um, it just it just it just happened. So yeah. Oh, brilliant, brilliant. It's I think that's the best way always at the time you're doing right. Like it comes to things come naturally, don't they? So and yeah. it's I'm guessing since then it's led you into quite a few other projects which I want to talk about in a few moments anyway. Yeah. Like yeah. it's I think it's been like that for me when I was an artist where poetry led me in about six other rabbit holes and you, I, can, I can see three other rabbit holes you've got down since then as well. <laughs> so it's brilliant now. I don't want to go into tons of detail on the poems, of course, but there's some fantastic poetry on this one, okay? Now, when you were obviously, um, you got into your poetry, was there any sort of writers that really led the way for you then, was it? Or did it all just come from the heart and naturally for you? Um, so I've... I... So I'm quite vocal saying, so I'm very, very inspired by the light, the, 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 the classic. So I, I'm a big fan of Dylan Thomas. Oh, um, God, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that in the book, actually. I was wondering yeah. if, I was wondering if yeah. you went to Dylan Thomas. Yeah, W.A. Jordan, another one. Yeah. So I also like a lot of the contemporary um, contemporary poets, you know, Jemima Hughes, Casey Bailey, um, those choices. people. So, yeah, so it's a, f- a fusing book. I don't. I hadn't read a lot of poetry. I've read an awful lot since I've started writing poetry, um, but it was probably. But um, Dylan Thomas is like the strongest, um, the strongest inspiration I have in not only writing poetry but also performing poetry as well. Just oh yeah, yeah. Comes across. Yeah, no, you definitely see. People want to read books, like I said, you can definitely see it with some of the books. So now I want to ask you about obviously there's I don't want to go into tons of detail on your poetry because I think it's a lot of it's very, very personal stuff here. So it's it's beautiful your story really. But I yeah. particularly love the poem and I'm gonna get my Japanese or Chinese shite here in this. Nature's Kandinsk, is it? Which I know is about touching on pottery and stuff, isn't it? In Japan and stuff. What made you come up with that poem then? Nature's Kintsugi. Yes, yes. Shit for brains and pronunciations again. <laughs> yes. So Nature's Kintsugi. It's the, I think it's the idea, and I've I've took a few I've took a few uh, liberal infers uh, about it, but it's mostly about making beautiful, uh, making broken things beautiful again. Yeah, I got that. That's what I got on that. Yeah, uh, it's it's an interesting choice of words that was there. I mean, I thought Ooh, that's interesting. So yeah, but it's like yeah, a lot of it is your book is is a healing process, isn't it? Really, when like. You're talking a lot about you do to grow your stuff yourself. I, mean, like, I love Ditto and I love Deluge as well, for example. I mean, two of the fantastic pieces in this book. Oh, thank you. That's very, yeah, that's really kind. Yeah, so, so basically, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, your listeners won't know, but I, I had a mental break um, last year, early on in the year, and really it was an awful lot of different things, um, stress factors that came together. Um, and then I was diagnosed with non-epileptic attack disorder, which means that I started to experience blackouts and memory oh. loss. Oh, I didn't know about that. Oh, yeah. I know it's also gone through that. God, yeah. Yeah. It's a, I, I mean, there was a time where that it first started in in February, and basically I blacked out for three days. And when I woke up again, I woke up. I'd been I'd, I'd had my blackout in my bedroom, and I woke up in my bedroom, and I thought it was the same day. I thought I just had a quick nap. 
And I thought everybody, honestly, I thought everybody was like teasing me, you know, because I've got a family that we 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 play around and we, and we have fun. And really, they my daughter just freaked out. And from that point on, I then started having them more frequently. And at the end, by the end, I was having three blackouts a day and fifteen hours memory loss. So I didn't even know what day it was. Oh, um, that's so, great. Yeah, so I used the poetry to, as a way of a grounding. Um, to be able to just just put things down on paper, just to put thoughts down, and just to try and keep me in the present moment. Um, so, so that's what that's what I used it for, and that's really how the book. Um, that's how really the book emerged. So, the five volumes of the book are the five stages of mental health recovery. Really, yeah. you know, accepting there's a problem, um, facing the fact that you've got to do something about it, all the way to sort of um, living with a condition. You know, from that point onwards. Yeah, no, it does it's. It's, I've, I know people have done wrote music about this really over times, and yeah, and it is is that sort of thing where dealing with your health like that is, and you've done it very, very, very well in this book as well. But it's like you're showing the situation on it, and then you have to deal deal with it. Yeah, over five stages, and that's tremendous. Absolutely, one of the best books I've read, David books I've read for a while. This so, but people would get to know you obviously since this book or. With the Rudolph's book, you're now involved in other projects as well, aren't you? So, was was all this planned, and was it just come naturally to you, really? Um, well, I've done a few things. I, I think the thing that the thing I've always liked to do, or, or the thing that really drives me, is like, is I found that poetry helped me. Like, it really helped me, and I'm thinking that, like, if a bit of poetry could, ha- and I went from the point of view of I don't do poetry, love, you know, <laughs> and all that sort of stuff, to actually mm. find a way of being able to express things that are really hard to say or really hard to write down um and so if i can find ways to help other people or to lift other people who are doing that um i want to do that plus as you know andy it's really hard to get your work out there so bloody difficult bloody difficult because it's i think you'd agree with this one jay straight away there's a lot more poets out there and actual poetry readers sometimes isn't there really so yeah so i mean Getting, you know, one of the first things you do after you've written poetry is you go and share it with people. You might do some spoken word events and then you, you everyone, because the poetry circle is so loving and supporting, everyone tells you how amazing it is. And then you send it out to publishers and then they tell you how terrible, <laughs> not how terrible it is, but you suddenly realise how big, the, how big um, the competition is to try and get words out there. And it's also, I for me, I found it quite complex in the fact that I wanted my poetry presented in certain ways. Um, I didn't just want to have a book of poem, 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 which is fine, I think, for the most part, um, which which is what which has sort of led me to to say, are there ways, are there ways that we can help poets get their poems out um, in 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 better ways or faster ways in the way that the poet wants them out? Um, so so those are the kind of projects that um, that I get excited about, and I'm spending a lot more time working on. I'm actually spending a lot more time on them nowadays than actually writing the poetry. So, oh, but yeah, I'm in the same boat because like it was like you think like I know what we're going to want to talk about is talk about his next in a minute is podcasting because like you've got your own podcast going now called the Poetic Podcast, mm-hmm. and you were telling me just before we came on air like you've been busy with that like I have, and it's yeah. do you find when you're doing stuff like this because it's a branch off from your poetry it takes over your life sometimes doesn't it really about realizing <laughs> it does and it does it for me it does it in a really good way because um i i, I my um, poetry podcast is about me going out <clears throat> excuse me it's about me going out 
So the idea was to sit in a coffee shop with a poet that I've heard that inspires me, that I really, really respect their work, and just learn about their process and learn about their challenges and learn about mm-hmm. what motivates them. And it's like I've done like it's like free tutorials, if you like. It's just that's the way I've looked at no, it. It's brilliant. It's a great way of doing it. That definitely. It's and certainly pre lockdown. I was like that a lot myself when I used to meet people in like cafes all over Central Manchester and sometimes all over the northwest. And since lockdown's kicked, I've gone to Zoom. <laughs> it's made me more lazy. <laughs> no, so I agree that. Yeah, so we're working on um, we're working on um, season two of the podcast, which oh. is going to be coming out in March. And um, so we're already working on that, and we've got some really big names lined up for the podcast. Oh, good luck! Trying good fill out the, the podcast um, uh, with book reviews as well. So yeah. good luck, good luck, definitely that. So, but tell okay, tell us the history about the podcast and where what made you want to do a podcast? Then that's probably we need to probably cover that then for yourself next. Okay, I'd, so I'd started writing the poetry. I'd started going out to some spoken word events. Mm. I was, I was, I'd been. Um, I'd been cleared medically to be able from mm. a medical condition. So I was able to go out a bit more, drive a bit more. I moved to Worcester uh, on my own because I work far away from home. So I live there during the week mostly. And really, I wanted to connect with the local poetry community in the first instance. And also, I'd, I'd seen, but I'd been out to some events and I'd seen some people whose paths I wouldn't otherwise cross with. And so I thought, why don't, because I'd done podcasts before when I used to be a tech blogger before I transitioned. And I thought, why don't I start a podcast where I can, I've got, a, I've got a legitimate excuse to go and meet people in a slightly different context than at a spoken word event or at a written event. And we can just chill, have a cake. I love cake, Andy. Uh, have a coffee. I'd be disappointed if you didn't like cake, because <laughs> all I'm going to say, you, you ladies, right? <laughs> I do love my, I do love my lemon drizzle. And um, so, so the idea was to just go out to a coffee shop in um, in the local area where the poet is from, and just just talk about you know poetry, their poetry, what drives them. A bit like what a bit like what we're doing now. Yeah, and, yeah, um, yeah. Oh, brilliant! That's no, great. So, so, same thing happened. I mean, I told you before, mine started up on the pub, really, and it kind of it kind of ran its own course. What six years later, and it does it. You find something you're doing this sort of podcast, and you you know the same yourself. This you get talking to people. You may not, you may not have met them before, even, and you've become friends. I find that myself all the time. Yeah, you meet some absolutely lovely people, and so what I'm hoping to do with season two as well is to mm. branch out and meet people who other people haven't heard of. So you know, I do the, you know, I do a regular open mic, and so we've had quite a few people come and perform there for the first time. Yeah, it's brilliant. It know? is when you get people doing that. So you know, I do my own. I can't run my own night as well. We're like that. And you're getting people coming along for the first time ever. Yeah. And it's it gives you that sort of buzz, doesn't it, really? You're thinking, no matter what they do next, you've something to be proud of, it. you've encouraged somebody. Yeah, I think so. So when so we've got the on we, we've done the online launch for my book and we've got the in-person launch next Thursday. Oh what I said for the in-person launch, I want the first half just to be an open mic. So that people can just call, because like if we have a little bit of success, it's really hard in the poetry world to have a little bit of success and celebrate it. So 
I'm like, if we get a little bit of success, let's share that about and try and get some other people who who have probably haven't been heard so much and try and get them heard as well. So I was adamant. I was just like, no, we're going to give up the whole first half to open micers and just share more poetry and get their words out there. Really, no, no, great move, great move, great. That's the best. I think it's you doing that sort of approach like that. And it's great because good luck to you. Obviously, it's too far for me to be there because we're in the other, <laughs> I'm in about 200 miles away from you. But yeah, no, it's respect that straight away. If you're doing that, you're showing to everybody else like it's not all about me. You want other people to be up there and give that's no, great. Well, good luck with that, definitely. So, with that, so yeah. Now, obviously, we better talk on next things. Obviously, we've obviously talked about it in a direct way. It's your night on Zoom, hadn't we? Oh, so obviously, it's Worlds Collide online. Now, I first met you through that because I came across you on one of these online groups mentioned. I signed up for it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So tell us about what made you want to do your own online open mic. Then. Yeah. So I had the idea um, about the same time as doing the podcast. Mm. And I've been doing, as you have, I'm sure, we've done loads of open mic nights, loads of spoken word nights. And, and during lockdown, especially, there was a lot on Zoom. And they're still carrying on through Zoom. I do like the in-person ones, but the online ones, I, I found a lot of, and there's an awful lot to go to. But the thing I found for me was they were too long. Um, and I was waiting. And by the time it often got to, like, for me to perform, I'd been listening to some really heartfelt poetry for about two hours. And sometimes I find it hard to just jump in and, and say, okay, well, here's my bit of poetry. You know, you can be deeply affected by the things that you've heard. Oh, and some of, I think five and a half hours was the longest spoken word I went to. And yeah. the idea I'm was... Asking, I'm not asking whose night that was. <laughs> it was actually a really good night, but it's the sort of night you wouldn't do very often. Oh, and, um, and, I, and I also went to a couple of events as a first-timer and had to wait right till the end to perform. So you'd heard everybody who was amazing... And by the time you end, you're so nervous. You're thinking, "Oh Lord, Lord above, what's going on?" And I, so I just thought, what, what, "Wouldn't it be great if there was like a regular open mic poetry night where people who'd probably never performed before could come in a small, safe space, and the whole thing lasts no more than an hour?" So, and, I, and you know, Andy, you've been to some. I run mine to time, like it's. Oh it's, yeah, you start doing that. Everyone's wondering on here now. I'm pointing at my watch. You get to like four minutes and you're saying, right, come on, get off. <laughs> or oh, not quite. Right? <laughs> but it's really nice. So and I'm trying to encourage the, the first timers to go up early and to just to share their stuff. And and we've got a lot of regular um, established poets who come and support them as well, um, like yourself. So it, it's yeah. really nice to have that small community where people and I, I've been really I've been really sort of humbled. It sounds like a terrible word to use, it's obvious, but I feel like really lucky that they've decided to come along and do their very first bit of spoken word poetry at our at our night. And I call it our night because it, it's, not, it's not my night, it's just a night. And I wanted the whole, and words collide was the idea that the poetry words, words do collide. You know, you've yeah. got first timers, established performers, just come and have a go at it. Yeah, and you I, get it's not just a case you get people in England. I mean, I'm I've seen people in parts of Africa I didn't even know about so before. Yeah, yeah. and it's, it's it's really good just to check. Plus, um, the, uh, the other aspect of it, going to the spoken word nights, which I do like doing, but I've done an awful lot, is sometimes it can be difficult to focus on some of the poetry that's being read in the right way because 
I'm thinking in my brain, as I'm sure you do as well, right, my turn's coming up. What? Don't forget what you're going to say, blah, blah, blah. You've got all this. Yeah. But on the words collide now, I can just, because I'm not performing, and I can just sit back and just really take in the poetry. And that's really, I think that's really, really good. And, and I'm hearing lots of different kinds of poetry in lots of different ways. So we have um, um, we have a number of visual poets who come on, share the screen and do their visual poetry. And it just opens your mind. You just go, wow, you know, yeah, what, what no, an amazing thing. No, true. It's, it's amazing to see people. Because like, you think, well, no, everyone first started to Zoom a couple of years ago. You didn't realise you could do that with them. I like it. It's mm-hmm. like... Like it's, I do my ambient, I don't have ambient sound music, and I've actually been able sometimes because I can't play that live, no chance. But I've had it with vocalists come on, man's been one of them, and they go on and you get the vocalists to go on stage and they'll do the piece for you. Vocal, or in this case, online, you just you give the play the music and the vocalist reads out over the top of it, and it's it's brilliant. Now, it just it gives you so much option to any Zoom does definitely with that. So now, second or third to last thing I want to ask you about today is obviously you've got a mini poem press at the moment going as well oh, and you just uh-huh. been showing me these before we came on mic now obviously i always tell people obviously you're welcome to listeners and youtube instagram wherever on your audio but this next bit is unfortunately going to have to be a video bit we'll have to show people this but show us me a little poetry poetry yeah, pressing sure. you're doing jay because these are fantastic i'm really so these, impressed with these these are the first these are the first four poetry books there they are it's called mini poetry press and so we've got Confirmed Humanity there. We've got McGonagall's Eyes, oh, which is actually was inspired by a piece of artwork by a local poet. We've got Whitaker's Bay, which is a series, but this is the first part of the series. And then we've got Polar Bear versus Walrus, which is... Oh, like, I love that. That's brilliant. That one. <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. Which is, is a kind of, kind of a humorous one for me. Yeah. And so the idea of going to these was... If you go to spoken word events or you go to a lot of events, people and you've done your bit, people often come up to you and go, "Have you got anything? Can I, is there something I can take away? You know, have you got something with you?" And often we give business card or we might give a bookmark or something. And the the other one is that often um, people will just show you like a big book of poetry. And um, what I really wanted was an ability for there to be one poem in a book, like a poetic story, if you like. Yeah. That we yeah. could just sell, that we could either sell or give away. And so I've I've, I've called it like Pokemon for poetry, but I have to be careful about using that. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. You've got to, you've got to, <laughs> yeah. But the idea is that they're colourful and you've got to collect them all, really. And and they're gonna it's going to be a really easy way where. Um, poets who have got uh, an interesting poetic story can get their poem into print at no cost to them, um, and they get paid for for the books that are um, that are sold as well. So it's a really easy way to get your work published um, in in um, in a really accessible way. And uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm love doing it now. So the first four came out with my pieces of poetry. Uh, we've now signed up three new poets who are going to be providing in the next three the next three books and then i'll be then mini poetry press will be opening to submissions and hopefully we'll be launching about four a quarter that's a good idea yeah obviously like can you reveal who these three other poets are yet or do you want to not not yet and they are they're they're poets who've not been published yet um but they're amazing poets who who i've 
one person now I'm friends with. And and the only reason I can't, I don't want to say is because we're going to have a launch and I want to make a big hoo-ha of them um, and just say, look, these are these are amazing poets. Um, and then and then surprise everybody on the day with these brilliant set of colourful poetry books. That's fine. Yeah, keep it a surprise for me. That's fair enough. And my heart-hitting investigations and journals and questions haven't brought <laughs> through to, there. <laughs> yeah, you have to drill me a bit harder for that, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair <laughs> They are look a lot lovely to do. Now, obviously, uh, I want to get on to obviously now, obviously tell people, obviously, we'll touch on these. Where can people, where will people be able to get these from then when they're all released? Okay, so um, the first instance would be to go to my website at jrosanna.com. Um, so I also have a site on Kofi, a shop on Kofi, um, where people can buy them as well. My main book is on uh, Waterstones and Kofi, um, but the, but for the mini poetry press books, it'll mostly be jrosanna.com and kofi.com slash jrosanna. And you can, you'll be able to get them from there. Great. No, good luck with that. Definitely with that, Jay. Look, look tremendous. Now, mm. obviously, um, I'm going to wrap up now. Obviously, we've, we've done this way around why you to do it now. But obviously, um, what plans do you have next in for next year then? Because obviously, this has been recorded at the end of 2022, and anyone's wondering. Could you uh, see yourself doing a second book or something? Second book. So my second book's nearly finished. Oh, is it? Um, oh, I didn't know. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, so I was quite pleased in the fact that even though we haven't launched yet, we, uh, and I can tell you, we've sold 112 now with my book. <laughs> Wouldn't you believe? Oh, <laughs> I, actually had a, I actually had a Facebook message um, from, from a new friend, who they're not a new friend anymore, but they, they said, could you, could, you stop, could you please stop boasting about how many books you've sold? <laughs> I'm really proud of my book. I'm really proud. You know, it, loads of people work really hard on it. And um, I just want to share that you, you'd think oh, that everyone wanted to. Um, so I'm going to be doing that. I'm going to be extending Mini Poetry Press out. And Mini Poetry Press are launching an anthology early in the new year. Oh, and, brilliant, brilliant. You know, the title, I can share the title with you, Andy. The title will be called Ruby. And it's, it's going to be a hardbound small book of love, power, and passion. Good and luck, so that, opening that up to people to come to something to. Oh, fantastic. This is what I get the feeling that you'd probably started the the, the submission out time this goes live, actually. So because this is going out end of January, I think. So when's oh, that gonna be when's that gonna be starting from then? Do you know yet? Um so that'll be starting in February. Um, oh well, that's, that's time to perfection, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so keep your eye open on jrosanna.com, which is it's my website, but I'm bringing everything I'm bringing everything together in that website, so you'll be able to get everything from oh, there. Good luck. Brilliant. Okay, we'll wrap up this part then, because I want to get I'm conscious of the time now. I want to give you a chance to read out a few poems for us. So hang on down there, buddy, because this is it. This is one tremendous poem. Don't do away days about it. See you all in two shakes of the dice. Spoken mate. Hi guys. Yes, yeah, Andy N. The amazing Jay Rosa Anna. Straight over to Jay now, because she's going to do not one, but two, three poems in this collection. Over to you, Jay, my friend. Ditto. I heard you, and I wish I'd said ditto. So often, hopeless leaves fell from your tree. Your rustling heart paved autumn, ditto. I held your outstretched branches far from me. To the night sky, to the starlight, ditto. And to the breeze, to the wind, 
and the rain. Whispers in silence cry loudest ditto, longing to hear your sweet voice once again. I root myself right here for you, ditto. I will be here as you waited for me. Intertwined branches await your ditto. Let the moonlight never wane from your tree. Tremendous, absolutely. It's, <clears throat> it's always say I think the poetry sometimes with spoken language. It's a beautiful piece to read on page anyway. But the emotion you always carry with your word, Jay, you can hear it when you speak the piece. That was just, there's several of the, the ones you sent me almost used me to tears before, and that was one of them, actually. So I've got to be careful that's <laughs> not start crying now. <laughs> I know, listen, that's fantastic, a, fantastic. That's a very okay. important one to me. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can see straight away with it. So let's get straight into number two, because I don't want to start blubbering. So <laughs> back to you for number two. Nature's Kintsugi. She ambles nervously through dense woodland, lost in the wilderness of cast-off tenderness. Lions and jackals ride high upon butterflies' wings, howling like dark, stormy winds of turbulent days. Hunting dragonflies, lancing fireflies for nectar concealed deep within hidden truths. Tender caterpillars, lies stolen enviously by the two short lives of unbalanced mayflies, cries. From a distant viewpoint, this epic battle for time and space itself is fought in a microcosm. A quiet, hum chorus, cries of pain and need lay in desperate need, unseen by wider eyes of hell's dark macrocosm. And yet... The outcome of this escape from the woods determines the fate of the shoulds and the coulds. Bloodless jackals howl tonight as sly, silent nightcrawlers take up arms ready in black ground tonight. A full-on ground assault deep in the starry cops. Beside the stagnant pool, the weary travellers fall. No signpost, no warning, the lost were never lost, nor were they ever found. Buried there forever below memory's ground. Windows of time below as nature makes it beautiful once more. There you are. Words she could only dream of. Wow. That is absolutely spellbinding, that was. Wow. Wow, I'm surprised you're not considered doing an art, doing a CD, to honest with Jake, because he's rich with your voice, like it is. I mean, it's just like it's, it's if you've got a voice you're doing your poetry like that, you, you carry an audience, whether it's one person like me today, or 1,200. Oh, excellent stuff. Really, oh, really beautiful stuff. So, right, we're over to the big finale now. Over to, back to Jay for poem number three. Go for it, love. Chromatic Countenance. I plunge headfirst into new journeys of discovery, falling through iridescent hues, energy of starlight confused. 
the gravity of matter in this awkward shape of me, blinding ultraviolet rays, burning shadows I refuse to face. Erasing saturation, rising luminescence, a cacophony of hues, deafening tones from the raging bull to the silent blues. Further, I freefall into spectrums, infrared, plucking thoughts like guinea fowl to sacrificial altars. Feather by feather, ripped from a carcass of a soul never free, cherry popping bursts of fear and doubt consigned to rejection. Insipid, pallid glare of self-introspection, fundamental laws no longer exist beyond spectral grips. Lowest frequencies of light, no longer hiding from sight, deepest red floods implacably, mercilessly seeping freely. Further, I fall willingly, tetrachromatically challenging, stripping me of materialistic things to the purest naked energy. A single point, absence of color, waves diffusing into infinite quiets of silent seas, turning frequencies of the universe's own heartbeat, cork to proton, to all that was, to all that could be, to face creation itself and demand. No, beg an answer to a selfish question. Why you? Not me. What an ending. Absolutely astounding. I've, you must be absolutely shattered, Jane, when you read your poems out sometimes like that. You put in that emotion at the end. Do you feel like something you have to you step on stage making? Oh my God. I can't, can't I do it anymore. <laughs> it, it's hard when you, as I was saying earlier, it's hard when, you, when you're in a long spoken word and you've heard a lot of emotional poetry and then you've got to perform. So, yeah, but it, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean by that. Is that. I When I certainly I first started in poetry performance years ago, I used to come on to really, really emotive, very, very serious stuff. I'm a bit more different nowadays, but yeah, it's... Yeah. And people get to know you say to me sometimes, like, how the heck are you such an easygoing, funny, daft person? And you go on stage, it just seems to turn, doesn't it? Do you find that you turn, you, you're different, you're a different person sometimes, aren't you on stage, I think? I think so. Because you get caught up in, or I get caught up in the poem itself. So it's, so I, I find that the, the, the poem on the page becomes slightly different to the poem on the stage. And it's just like, it just, I don't know. Probably, probably all sorts of things at play, like nerves and 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 other things. But who who knows? I, I don't know where it comes from. <laughs> no, it's tremendous. Everybody else, like I said, go and check Jay's book out. It's phenomenal. The podcast has been brilliant. And to wrap up with one thing we didn't mention was obviously was your your worlds collide online night. To wrap up with obviously, when is it on usually? Um, it's normally on the third Sunday of every month. So the next one will be the Sunday the 18th of December um, at 7.30pm and you can get your ticket on Eventbrite. Brilliant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll wrap up now. Eh? Listen, Jay, I want to thank you again today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Really, really enjoyed this and I've been looking forward to this podcast since we booked it a couple of weeks ago. So thank you very much. You're welcome. Lovely to see you, Andy. It will be nice. Unfortunately, I can't do your Worlds Collide event in December because we're in the pub, actually. So yeah, I'll next like Sunday night. So I'll be back in January for it. So this podcast yeah. will be out not long after that. So anyway, so hang around, Jay. I do need to speak to you off mic. 
Thank you again. As Don Callis over at Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over, and we will see you all next time. Spoken, mate.